Hello and welcome to this week's episode of That Brooklyn Film Show. We are kicking off the year with a list of movies that we're looking forward to um, in this upcoming film year. But the first thing we want to do is kind of just talk about 2022, what we liked, um, what we would change, what grade we would give the year, all of those things. So I guess you could kick it off, Jabari. What was your favorite movie, if you had a favorite movie, um, of 2022? Or did you have like a couple of films that were in your top list? Um, I didn't see as many movies as I wanted to this year. I think I've probably seen less than 10, which isn't good. Um, I'm trying to see more in 2023. But I'll say my favorite movie easily. I don't think it would have changed even if I saw a bunch of movies. It was everywhere, everything, all at once. Just due to the level of creativity. Um, in 2023, I mean 2022, I kind of found myself more so interested in artistic projects that tried something new as opposed to something that is just high production value. Like even with video games, like I've been playing a lot of video games and most of my favorite games are like the smaller creative games more so than games like God of War or Horizon and stuff like that which are, like, triple, like, you know, big-budget projects, I would say, equivalent to, like, the MCU kind of movies, where it's, like, yeah, they're good, but I'm just, like, at a place where I'm, like, interested in seeing what is done new. And I think that going into 2023, I'm going to be trying to see a lot of, like, the independent films that, you know, try to push the boundaries or do do something with what little they have to work with because I'm kind of just in a place where it's, like, I enjoy the big the big projects, but I think I kind of just need a break from the major things. So I'll say everything everywhere all at once and, you know, it playing with multiple different mediums of of film, like trying to do animation, doing like, you know, messing with the different multiverses that they had and stuff like that, playing around with different genres, like trying to be action within being this multiversal film. That was easily my favorite movie of the year, and I think it would have stayed that way based on my current taste at the moment, which is pretty flexible. Yeah, I think I would probably be with you there on that being my favorite film of the year, Everything Every Roll at Once. I think it's also because I went into the film with low, not low expectations, but I didn't have any expectations more so, I would say, than low. So I was kind of just like, what will this film be? And I feel like I was very pleasantly surprised by it. Um, I know, obviously, we had like two episodes on that last year where we just kind of raved about it because we both liked it so much. Another film I really liked was um, The Woman King as well because it kind of felt like a throwback blockbuster but like with black women, which was cool. Um, so yeah, there were a few films that I saw. I mean, I saw a good number of films last year, but I will say like those are two that are first popping up in my mind when I immediately think of the film year from last year. Obviously, we got like things like Nope from uh, Jordan Peele and stuff, which I didn't love as much as his other films, but I do think he still is trying to do something new and interesting with movies, which I still enjoy um, a lot. I think overall, though, as a year in film, I would probably... I don't know. I feel like some things were interesting. Um, so you had like some of the smaller films were interesting, like Banshee's in the Sharon and stuff like that. But I feel like a lot of the bigger blockbuster things that did not resonate with me at all. So things that even though I know people were like, oh, Marvel, whatever. Um, I feel like even the quality of that has went down a ton compared to like phases one through three or whatever. Like it just didn't land in the same way. It felt like the beats were too similar um, as you mentioned, like with your video games, you might have it where it's kind of like, okay, I want a new and unique and interesting video game as opposed to the same one. And it's getting to a point where Marvel movies feel like that in a way where it's like everything is the same beat. I felt the same way about like um, a lot of movies also just felt overly long last year. I'm just, I'm, I didn't, I don't feel like sitting in the movie theaters for like two half, two and a half hours plus for every time I go to the movies. Like I feel like some things can be like a smaller bite and be really well made, but a lot of movies are just very long in ways that sometimes doesn't feel like it needs to be. You know what yeah. I mean? I think that's part of the reason why I haven't seen um Avatar yet is because I just don't have it in me to to watch a movie that's three hours long at the moment. Like this is just so long. It's like I'd I'd rather sit down and watch an hour and a half film than a overly long three hour movie, you know what I'm saying? Like, I'd rather watch two hour and a half films than, uh, like, like I enjoy really good long films sometimes, but sometimes it's just, like, I need bite-sized pieces of something good. Like, if it's too long, it starts to feel a little bit overwhelming, and 
It's the same with video yeah. games. Like I, I've always, I think I've always kind of been like that. Like even when it comes to anime, I enjoy the twelve to twenty-five episode anime more than the 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 seventy to three thousand episode anime. Like I've always enjoyed like the small bite-sized stories that can be told in a really good form in its medium. And yeah, movies are just getting overly yeah. long. I feel like it's more so just like a boardroom study kind of. Okay, this is how long you need to keep a movie for people to stay engaged in your character and feel connected to the IP. It's like, nah, just make a good movie. Like, I always say Back to the Future is kind of like the perfect blockbuster movie where it's constantly moving and it's like, it stays within its, its realm and it feels like it's not trying to be overly long. Like, how long is Back to the Future? I think Back to the Future is maybe two hours max. It might be slightly under two hours in runtime. It's hour and 56 minutes. And I feel like that's like, if you want to tell a really good story, 145 to two hours is usually as much time as you need but movies nowadays are trying to be like two and a half three hours long like i left off the um i forgot to mention the batman i really did enjoy the batman but there were some places in that where it could have been cut to like feel a little bit more mm-hmm. tight of a film and i think that i just feel like that way about most projects in general now like video games that are like 30 hours is too much for me it's like you could keep it to like specifically when you're trying to tell a story like a tv show is slightly different because you know it's more so engaging you in a world like um, I was recently watching Hellbound. That's uh, eight episodes, um, one hour piece. I think an hour 15 for like the longest episode. And it's like, that's a different medium that you're trying to get something out of. But a movie is like, you're trying to get a one-shot story right there. I don't think you need to be three, four hours long. If not, just turn it into a, a mini series and give it to me in hour-sized bite pieces because it just starts to feel too long after a while. Yeah, I definitely agree with that. Um, off the top of my head, I think, yeah, Avatar beautiful movie but i was starting to feel like okay i've been in this movie theater for two and a half hours and i still have you know another 45 plus minutes to go or whatever or elvis where it was kind of like i'm enjoying this but at some point i feel like this could have ended or there are scenes that could have been like you know shortened a little bit um before for me to enjoy it and when i think of like movies that i tend to rewatch, okay so i do watch rewatch lord of the rings a lot and that is a very long movie. But most of the movies besides Lord of the Rings that I go back to to rewatch tend to be yeah, in like that hour and a half to two hour time frame. And I do feel like that's like the perfect, you know, amount of time. Maybe I don't have to a little bit short. Maybe like I would give it even like 215 is fine. But I think when you get to like the 245, three plus hours, that's when it's kind of like a lot. And I feel like a lot of movies last year were like inching up in that range of time um which i didn't love i agree with that it just becomes overwhelming that it's so long and you know you're sitting in the movie theaters like two hours in and it's like just get into the third act you're like oh i'm ready to go yeah you start to sigh a little bit and it's like you that's never the feeling you want to have for me at least that's never the feeling i want to have watching a movie i want to feel engaged all the way through and i feel like a lot of the times there are good stories, but it just starts to feel like it's not good enough for it to warrant the length, if that makes sense. Like, if this was, like, a tight two hours or a tight 2.15, again, it would have been, like, I was engaged from beginning to end as opposed to I started to feel like, let me, let me check my, my watch for to see how much more time I have left. Absolutely. Um, but, yeah, so I think that in that case, I'll probably give last year's movie year if I'm giving it a grade or whatever, like a C, C plus yeah. from what I've seen. Um, I'm hoping this year is better. I know there are some, like, big movies coming out this year that kind of got pushed back from last year. So I'm looking forward to some of those. Um, so before we get into our 2023 movies, I know last year I mentioned I was going to be tracking all of the movies I watched, new and old, on Letterboxd. I tracked 61 films, I believe. I definitely know I saw more than 61 films, so this year I'm going to try and do better and, like, track it more as definitely. right after I watch it as opposed to, like, sometimes I'm like, oh, yeah, I saw Bodies, 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 and I yeah. track it, like, three months later as opposed to tracking it leaving the theater or whatever or that same day. So I think I'm going to try and do that more so this year. I so, agree. yeah, I think yeah. you should try. I'm going to definitely do some tracking this year. I'm going to try to see more films. Um I've been trying to get into... I've been watching a lot more series, I would say. Mm-hmm. Um, like, I've been trying to watch more Korean series to get into that. I've been um, watching more animated series. So I'm going to try to get to the movies more. 
Um, also, to be fair, I haven't watched any like the Oscar films, so I think once that list comes out, I'll definitely see a lot more of the movies from last year's to catch up on the um, Oscar movies, because I usually see about 75% of them by the time the awards come around, so I think that should go up once that does happen. But yeah, like when it comes to blockbusters, like when we get into 2023, I had a hard time fighting, because it's hard to find indie films that are coming out later in the year i had to like kind of fill it out with some of the movies that's like i'm like 50 50 on seeing but it's like the most anticipated films that are currently announced right now because you know indie movies not going to be announced like a year in advance usually you got to wait like two three months or you'll see like um you know you'll go to a movie to see a 24 movie and you'll see like an interesting indie trailer for it trailer or Uh something so my list is definitely gonna be flexible to change but in the current moment, I'm going to list the top 10 movies that I currently want to see based on what I'm seeing out right now. Yeah, I feel the same way um, as you with the indie films, also foreign films. Mm-hmm. I feel like those you tend to hear about closer to the American release date. So there are some of them that I'm sure that I'll probably want to see that I just don't currently know about. But I think this is kind of like a top 10 no, in no particular order as well. Um, for me, I don't know if yours is like ordered in like least to most that you want to see, or if it's just yeah, kind of like unordered as yeah, well. Yeah, unordered. Okay. All right, so we can get started. Um, do you want to go first? Or you want me to go first? Um, I'll start with my first movie. Um, so my first movie. Um, let me start with least to most. I could do it pretty easily. So the movie I want to see the least is Mission Impossible. Um, I mean, I just enjoy the Mission Impossible movies. Like, I don't like I think they're all pretty like compared to a lot of the action films they continue to be pretty good so it's not like a film that i'm like looking forward to for any particular reason other than of all the blockbusters come out that coming out this year like it was between mission impossible and fast sex it's like mission impossible is going to interest me more than the fast decks or the bunch of the marvel movies coming out like i have no interest in interest in guardians of the galaxy or i have no interest in like um you know what else is coming out this year um ant-man 2 3 or something like that so I think of all the big films coming out this year, that one's just interesting me the most. I didn't even watch a trailer for it. It was more so just like, a, oh, there's a new Fast and Furious coming out. That should be a good time in the movies because they always have at least one or two major set pieces that impress me more than most other films do. And I did yeah. enjoy the last one pretty, like, fairly much. Yeah, that's not on my list, but that is something I probably will see when it comes out in theaters because it is a good time in the theater and like Tom Cruise is known for doing all of his stunts with the big action set pieces and everything. So that's definitely one that I'll be seeing. Um, the one that I'll go with first is Barbie, um, which is directed by Greta Gorwig. So it should be an interesting like take on the, I guess, Barbie toy, which is like something I never thought I'd say I'd want to see. Um, but essentially it's kind of like a multiverse in the Barbie world. So I think it sounds like it should be an interesting concept. So taking like Margot Robbie and then the cast of people in the movie, plus Greta Gorwig being the director, I think that it should be an interesting um, film going experience. And I like the memes on Twitter where it's like people going to see Barbie versus people going to see Oppenheimer because they come out on the same day. Like what crowd yeah. will uh, you be a part of or whatever? I can say um, I'd rather I'll see be Barbie, part of the Barbie crowd. For sure. Yeah. Like, I, I, oh, I did I see the Oppenheimer trailer. Face, I don't want to see Oppenheimer, huh? I saw the Oppenheimer trailer, and it didn't look terrible. It didn't, I mean, you know, it's Christopher Nolan, so I feel like it's going to be probably pretty good, but I also am just not excited for it either. Like, I feel like Barbie sounds like a more interesting I'm just not the film, biggest fan of you know? Christopher Nolan in general. Like, it's just, he's not bad. Like, he's a good director. It's just like, I guess he's part of the it's not your cup of, tea. of overly long, over-the-top kind of movies right now. And I'm much rather yeah. see, like, what are they going to do with Barbie than, like, I know what I'm going to get with Christopher Nolan Oppenheimer, like. And I'm sure it's going to be long, too, because he cast, like, six very, million very people long. in it. Yeah. All right. What's your next film? Next film on my list is going in order that I want to see most to least. Sorry, I'm, like, doing it live right now. You're doing most to least be, or least to most? Yeah. Least to most would be The Iron Claw. Um, I'm just interested to see how, um, Zac Efron plays the role, like, as Is that the one about the wrestler? Yeah, this is the one about the wrestlers being made by A24. Like, it's, like, his first major body transformation role. Um, I want to see what direction they go with it, him playing a more serious role than he usually plays. And 
it could be like a breakout role for him, kind of like the wrestler that was done by um, what's the actor's name again? Mickey. Mickey, Mickey Rourke. Rourke. Or it could just be a major flop. But I want to see. Like I'm more so interested in this movie to see how he plays it. Like I don't know anything about the story. I don't know who the wrestler is. I don't know the background. But I'm interested to see, like based on the photos coming out and stuff like that, how does Zac Efron play this role and how his growth as an actor might or might not show through playing this particular role. Yeah. Again, this is another one where I've like I've seen set photos and Dak Efron definitely looks different than he normally does. Yeah. So it will be interesting to see how he transforms. I feel like a lot of actors kind of get that one role where they get to kind of like really showcase their talents or at least they get pushed in a different way than they normally do. So hopefully this will be that for him. And then maybe this time next year we'll be talking about like, oh, maybe Zac Efron will be an Oscar winner. Who knows? Or maybe it'll be a flop, like you said. Yeah, like, um, it's 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 50-50. Like, you know how every actor, like, you have a lot of those, like, young actors from, like, back in the day have those breakout roles where it's like, oh, you've grown a lot as an actor. I wonder if this will be that for him. And I hope it is. Like, I'd like to see actors, you know, take that next step in their career. So I hope this is that, like... Oh, remember when Zach Efron was just in um, High School Musical? And now all of a sudden he's doing Oscar-leading movies, so it should be interesting. I mean, to look see. at um, Austin Butler with Elvis, because you probably don't remember him, but I definitely remember him from all like the little Disney Channel shows yeah. and stuff um, that I used to watch. So it's interesting to see like him go from like the teen CW Nickelodeon Disney Channel shows to like again he might win an Oscar for playing Elvis. So maybe this will be the same thing for Zach Efron. Mm-hmm. Although I do feel like. Zac Efron has kind of had, like, a more varied career in terms of it's been longer. He's been in a lot more movies than, like, Austin Butler was before kind of being taken to, and chosen to play Elvis or whatever. Um, so we kind of have, like, more of a body of work that we've seen Zac Efron in. So, yeah, maybe this will be his chance to kind of show yeah. his acting chops. Yeah, because I don't know much um, about Austin Butler. Apparently he was in Zoe 101. That's funny. Yeah, again, I remember him from all the little teen, teen shows yeah. I used to watch. Um, for me, next up is Challengers, which is directed by Luca Guadagnino. So he did like Bones and All, which I still haven't gotten a chance to see, but I heard it's pretty good. And Call Me by Your Name, and mm-hmm. it stars Zendaya, um, and then these two guys, Josh O'Connor and Mike Feist, and it's about like a tennis player. And I'm kind of just interested to see. Um, one, I like his direction, but also I'm interested to see Zendaya in more of like a leading adult role, because I feel like she's really good in Euphoria, and I feel like she didn't really have much to do in. Uh, Dune or in Spider-Man so I'm hoping that we kind of get to see again like you said her acting chops more although we get to see it a lot in Euphoria because that is like a meaty role hopefully we get to see it in like a um a movie as opposed to like a tv show you know yeah I think um I've seen like when I was looking through the list of movies this movie did cross my mind because Zendaya was the leading role um is it a biopic Mm-mm. It's just or like it a, just random a, a random story, story yeah, or fictional, right. not random, fictional story, yeah. Fictional story, yeah, a random story. I <laughs> think that um, I did, it did seem interesting, like it did cross my mind. I was like, okay, let me look more into this movie before I decide to pick it. It's something I definitely would see because, you know, uh, Zendaya, I do like to see these actors and how they play certain roles. Um, I've never seen the movie that she made over COVID with, um, what's his name, Denzel Washington's son again, what's his name again? Oh, I forgot about that movie. I think she was fine in it, but I just feel like um, it wasn't the greatest movie. It was just like a long argument that you're watching for two hours. And I don't know. I feel like the writing wasn't particularly strong. um, And I feel like her and John David Washington were a little mismatched. But I don't think she was bad in the role either. You know? Okay. So their, um, their chemistry wasn't all that great in it? Yeah, and then I think she looks... A lot, or she look. I mean, she looks fairly young for her age. Well, she, she, he got like ten years on her or something like that. Right? And he's also like a bit older than her, so it kind of looked mismatched in that regard as well. Yeah. Um, yeah, and I feel like I don't know. Yeah, Sam Levinson isn't the best writer, so that makes sense. She's twenty seven, um, twenty six. She's twenty seven. She's twenty six. Oh wow! I didn't know she was that close in age to us. But yeah, yeah. I thought um. I, I do want to see, like, what she could do with her role. So that movie did cross my mind. It was I kind of actually was trying to decide, do I want to pick this or The Iron Claw? The Iron Claw. I think The Iron Claw being about wrestling made it a little bit more appealing. So I was like, okay, let me add this one to my list. But that one was probably, like, 
in my um my like my number eleven, number twelve. If we had a longer list. Mm-hmm. See, that's funny because for me, tennis would trump wrestling, wrestling in terms of a sports movie. Um. Okay. So, what's your next film? So next on my list would be Elemental. I would say that Elemental looks. It's that's a it's a Disney film, Disney Pixar. Um, I kind of like how the animation looks. I like the world that they're going for. Um, I'm starting to realize that Disney Pixar is going for a very specific vibe lately. Mm-hmm. Like it's kind of like I think I would call it like the post Zootopia era, where this kind of like we're making everyone like we're creating whole worlds more so than just having characters in the world that we kind of know like you know um toy story the incredibles uh what's another disney pixar post acquirement phase um inside out inside out i'm thinking about the movies like pre being acquired by disney such as like the incredibles um monster inc Ratatouille. I don't know if they, these are movies that like I don't know the time frame of being bought, but you could tell the difference between like movies like Up, um, you know, Finding Nemo, Toy Story versus movies like um, Coco, Onward, um, what's that one that came out Soul and Zootopia. Like I think after Zootopia, they kind of definitely went in a specific path that is like we're gonna build these worlds. We're gonna have like. Like, I always think about it like the scenes on the subway where you look at the subway and then like how they see people in this world going to work and stuff like that and just living their ordinary lives. So it seems to be up that alley of like, you know, the different elements existing all in the same world. It's all going to be a theme of everyone coming together or something like that. Mm-hmm. But I kind of do enjoy those movies. Like, I think Zootopia is one of the better um, Disney films. I think it's been kind of hit or miss since then. Like, I think Soul is okay. I thought um, Coco was amazing. Um... What was that last one that came out? Um, Turning Red. And I don't think Turning Red was Disney Pixar, though. No, Turning Red is Disney Pixar. That was okay. Um, Onward was not that good. I know Strange Strange World. Lightyear, I didn't see. Strange World, I didn't see, but I heard it was only okay. Incredibles 2 was okay. So I think, like, Disney Pixar, like, Pixar used to be known for always hanging out the park. Now they seem to be kind of more of a hit-or-miss kind of a thing. So I kind of want to see where this one goes, more out of curiosity. And I think... It would be higher just off the fact that I love Pixar movies like prior to the, the Zootopia Hit or Miss era where like this one could be superb, it could be in Kanto, or it could be okay like Onward. We just don't know. So that's why it's kind of like low on my list at number, what, this number seven? So it would number be higher. Eight. Huh? Number eight. No, it's num- this is number seven, I think. I think number eight. Maybe. So I've only done two. I did Mission Impossible. Oh, yeah, yeah. I can't count. Always minus two, then think eight. All right. Yeah, so um, this is would be this is why it's not my number eight and, like, my, not my number three or four, even though I love Disney Pixar movies. Yeah. Well, again, my list is unordered, so this is number eight on the way I'm giving it, but I don't have any particular, like, this is my number one kind of thing or this is, like, um, what I want to see most or anything like that. But the next film on my list is Suzumi, um, which is by Makoto uh, Shinkai. And he made like Your Name and Weathering With You. Um, And it's about like a 17 year old who discovers a door in Japan, in the mountains. And when she opens the door, it releases disasters. And I'm assuming there's gonna have some element of like a magical connection with like someone or some sort of, um, you know, bigger, idea of what these doors represent because that's like a through line in all of his movies be it your name or weathering with you or even movies he's done uh prior to that i only seen those two and i definitely preferred your name to weathering with you but i think that both of them showed like your name is superb weathering with you is still really good but not as good as your name so i think that i can see uh suzumi especially based off the trailer being a really good movie which is why i'm looking forward to it this year because I like to see, again, in the vein of you mentioning like Disney Pixar, I feel like a lot of animation we get now is similar to Disney Pixar. So I like to see animation movies that are a little bit different than that. And obviously like anime is huge in Japan, so it's not like it's a completely 
uh, different art form than anything we've seen before, but it's still nice to go to the movies and kind of see not a Disney or Pixar kind of animated film, although I'm sure like Elemental will be great as well. I just want to kind of give like a different recommendation for an animation film if you're into that. Yeah, no, that's actually on my list too. I would say that is probably closer to, see now I'm trying, I'm going out of order of the fact that you had it and now I have it. Now I got to kind of guess where I would put it. I would say it's probably closer to my number three. Okay. Like it's a movie that I really do look forward to. I like Matoko Shinkai's movie a lot. Um, it's funny because I actually enjoy his art style more than I enjoy his story. Mm-hmm. Like I do think his stories are really good, but it's kind of like the art style that brings him over the edge for me. I like the, um, the animation style he goes with is very shiny. Like looks like things are slabbed in Vaseline for some reason, but it works for what he's doing. A lot of rain and stuff in his movies for some reason. But I definitely think that, um, you know, it's one of those anime films that you definitely would want to see in theaters as opposed to seeing on just the screen because of the, 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 the larger than life art style that he goes for. And yeah. I think that um is why that it's so high up on my list is because I know that when I see his movies, there's kind of like the idea that like the, every picture is a frame where you could take any any frame from his films and make it into like a superb looking movie. And that's what I appreciate about it. And that's what I enjoyed also just um, last year. And I know it's a different director, but um, Belle, seeing Belle, I didn't love the story, but I think that it was like visually a stunning movie, which it was kind of like, it's nice to be watching this in theaters as opposed to at home. Well, I could have watched it at home eventually mm-hmm. um, just because how of how visually stunning the film was, even if it was just kind of like a play off of the Beauty and the Beast story that included like elements of... Um, virtual reality and all of those things i still think that visually it was like this is stunning like if i can go see something like perfect blue in theaters somewhere in new york i would definitely go do that because i also feel like that would be visually stunning so the next film on my list i was at number seven i did number three (laughs) uh i would say the movie close which is an a24 film about two friends who are um you know, developing a, their friendship alongside, and it's supposed to be a film about, like, you know, uh, how two young boys could develop as friends and the uh, effect that, you know, modern day's view on masculinity could play into people thinking, like, oh, maybe they're more than friends. And it's like, no, we could just be close friends. And then there's, like, a tragic incident that causes them to have to, you know, separate for a bit. And it's just interesting. I thought it was an interesting premise because, you know, we have a lot of films that are, like, you know, discussing like that movie man that came out last year was it called men men uh-huh yeah it was called men and it was like kind of about you know toxic masculinity and all this other stuff so i think it's interesting to see a film viewing how two boys could be friends from a more positive standpoint and how the how societal negativity could shift that to be seen as a bad thing versus it's like no they could just be really good friends and Maybe one of them starts listening to Andrew Tate. The other one starts just, you know, going down a different path. And you can see how two two young men might, you know, grow together, but then they different things apart. lead them in different ways. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So I'm, I don't, we don't really know much how about it's going to go. It's an A24 film. I think it's French or something like that. I'm not sure exactly what language it's in. But um, I thought that premise sounded really interesting. And that was why I made my list because I think it's good to see um, portrayed different different kinds of films and different kinds of people's backgrounds and different stories for people to see. And I thought the perspective of this one was pretty interesting. Yeah. I saw a trailer for that recently. I remember, I think maybe I was watching the whale. Yeah. I think it was the whale and they showed a trailer for that. Um, And it did look like an interesting take. Yeah. On like friendships between young boys and how, again, like that closeness can then be, perceived upon as something different and that can end up driving them apart um so that does sound like an interesting movie didn't make my list but i definitely would be interested in seeing 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 it yeah uh the next on my list is um you know this is going back to childhood this is nostalgia although the nostalgia bait hasn't been very good in the past but it's the live action little mermaid movie yeah. Um, which, again, we kind of know what Little Mermaid is about. But I think that I personally would, it's going to be cool to see a Black Little Mermaid. Um, I think that'll be 
interest. I think Halle Bailey has a great voice. So at least like if the acting isn't great, the singing will be really good. You know, um, I am a little wary of like how the underwater world will be created because just from the trailer alone, it didn't look great, but I'm still excited to see the movie when it does come out. Yeah. Um, that movie didn't make my list because I'm a little bit... I am one of the few people that love the um, live-action Aladdin Latin movie. Yeah. To the point where I thought the live-action was better than the original. Oh, no, you're but crazy. I think the issue with The Little Mermaid is that part of what makes Disney movies, to me, appealing is that people do not sing that well. So it makes it easy to, like, just, you know, do karaoke and stuff to it. I mean... Yeah, the whole... Billy, huh? <laughs> I said the whole purpose of Ariel is that she sung so good that the witch wanted to steal her voice. Yeah, but, I mean, let's be honest. Like, the original Ariel, she sung okay, but it's not like Halle Bailey who, like, could, you know, sing, sing. So it's like when you try to go do karaoke and you got Halle Bailey singing, it's going to be like... We just play the original. <laughs> it's going to, yeah, it's going to be embarrassing for us. So even, like, when she did hit the under the sea note, or not under the sea. What was it? Uh, part of your world. Yeah, part of your world. No, and she like kind of did the the inflection. The riff like, of the beat, right? Yeah. yeah like, this oh, is God. too much for me. So that's gonna make me like, and I also kind of have like, I'm one of those people that get uncomfortable when people sing well in movies at me. Mm-hmm. Like, I don't know. There's something about people singing at you that makes me uncomfortable. So I just got a lot of biases in that sense. But I think like I'm I'm gonna see it. Like I'm interested in seeing like, I think the main appeal is to see how they do the Black Little Mermaid more than anything. Mm-hmm. But like I. Based on the trailer, it's just I'm just not a fan of like the the saturation. Yeah, that's the one thing. I'm like I'm hoping they brighten it up a bit because we've had again both Avatar, Way of Water, and um, Wakanda Forever where they had like big underground set piece or sorry not underground underwater set pieces, and obviously like it's mostly CG um, for a lot of those scenes, but there was still a brightness more so in Way of Water than. Um, kind of forever, but we've yeah. seen what can be done in the underwater world. So I feel like that kind of puts a little bit of a pressure on Disney to get it right, hopefully, for The Little Mermaid. Because, yeah, just based off the trailer alone, it is a little bit dark. But yeah. for me, again, more of the pale is like the Black Little Mermaid with the Black Ariel, especially because that was like one of my favorite movies um, growing up as a kid. Yeah. Like, I used to love to watch The Little Mermaid and, you know, Seeing poor unfortunate souls and seeing party of world and all that stuff. Who's so. playing um? Who's playing Ursula? Um, Melissa McCarthy. So I think that's also an interesting choice of that's how that's gonna go. Ursula. I don't think Ursula was a very comedic character. I mean, she had the whole body language thing, which is a little comedic. <laughs> yeah, that's true. All right. I'm kind of interested to see what they do with it. What's your next film? So next on my list is. Trying to go in order. I'm losing track of how my order is going. I'm at number six or seven right now. You're number six. All right. My number six movie would be Evil Dead Rises. And I'm just interested to see how Sam Raimi does, you know, this movie. Sam Raimi has a very specific style. I think the best parts of The Last Doctor Strange was him playing around with his own style of the undead and trying to play into the horror elements. So I would like to see... Like, one thing I like about Sam Raimi horror films is that they're not really scary. They're more so just fun. And I do enjoy a fun horror film. So I think that it's going to be fun to see a... And I feel like we... like I think we kind of died down on the zombie hype for a bit. So it's going to be kind of good to see another zombie film. After, I mean, Evil you know, Dead is not really zombies. The Evil Dead's Evil not... Dead. It's kind of more oh, like yeah, I'm thinking about I'm thinking about the Living Dead. I'm living Dead. I was like Evil Dead is yeah, kind of more demon. I mean, Evil some... Dead is the one with um the book. The, guy the chainsaw, right? Um yeah, yeah. Oh, that's, that's the one where they read the book and then the book the necromancer. The necromancer. Necrom- yeah, Necrocomicon. Necrocomicon. Yeah, and that makes You know what I mean? I can't okay, look, today's a hard day for words for me. I was in a meeting and I was trying to say oper- operationalization or something like that. I don't still don't think I, I don't even think I said it right just now, um, yeah. but yeah, I am looking forward to no. Actually, I'm not looking forward to seeing the Evil Dead. <laughs> I don't know why I said that. I saw the remake of it, and that movie made me so mad. But I think this is going back to Sam Raimi as opposed to like being a riff on the remake, right? So yeah. hopefully, it will be better. I know there's been a lot of follow up, like Ash versus the Evil Dead, and all of that stuff, which came on like Stars or Showtime or something. So it does seem like he's been back in that world for a while. I don't know how deep his involvement was with that. 
but it does seem like that world has been kind of like popping back up in like the um i guess cultural um world for a while so we'll see how the movie does i haven't watched the trailer yet because i'm a punk and i don't want to watch it at home so <laughs> when it comes on in the uh, movie theater that's when i'll see it all right yeah i think that um it should be interesting like evil dead is a really interesting verse it's very comedic i think that because it's a lot more comedic it'll make it a lot more enjoyable for the mass audience and i think that um it should be a really fun movie and i'm really looking forward to that one i'm looking forward to the the artistic styles of the of the the demons and the un the well i guess they have some undead in it yeah, some undead, the, but it's not like zombies undead I yeah, feel it's like not like zombies i mean what is a zombie other than a living thing i think of a zombie as like you got like, bit like, or like you got like a disease, like disease or something versus not possessors. like you were yeah like you were bought back in like a that kind of way maybe yeah. it's a, little, a zombie a little bit i guess yeah but I'm just looking forward to see how Sam Raimi plays around with the different looks and stuff. It's not a movie that you go into for the story. It's a movie you go into for the spectacle. And I'm looking forward to a more B, a B film kind of spectacle. Yeah. Up next for me, which this might be on your list too, you can let me know when I say it, is Creed 3. Yeah. Um, which obviously stars Michael B. Jordan, Tessa Thompson, Jonathan Majors. And it's directed by Michael B. Jordan. So, again, I feel like for all of these movies, if there's, like, something that makes me, like, okay, this is going to be interesting. For this one, it's kind of, like, the fact that Michael B. Jordan, I think this is his directorial debut. Mm -hmm. So I'm interested to see how that goes because I feel like, I feel like he's a, a fairly good actor, but I don't think he is Jonathan Majors good. So it'll be interesting to see how, one, he pairs up against Jonathan Majors in terms of, the acting wise, especially because Creed obviously is the main character of this movie, will it kind of be a situation where it's like, okay, Jonathan Majors is so good that we're kind of like more intrigued by the villain of this story than we are the hero that we've known for three previous movies. And then also, uh, what will Michael B. Jordan's directional skills be like because we haven't seen this before? And I think it's kind of maybe a good thing that he's being introduced into directing. I guess in a franchise that we kind of already know. I don't know if that hurts or, or helps. Um, helps him, but I feel like maybe it'll help him because he kind of lived in the character, he knows the characters. And I don't, I'm not a director, so I don't really know what goes into directing. So I don't know if that'll help. Um, but I feel like a lot of people get their directorial debuts on like TV shows and stuff that they've been on for a long time. So maybe that's something similar. Um, so it will be interesting to see Creed 3, and that's why, yeah, it's on my list. Yeah, that would be my number one film, actually. Because I really did enjoy the first Creed. That's probably, like, in my top 20 favorite movies. Mm -hmm. I really love the first Creed. Um, I did all to everything you say. I'm just trying to see how Michael B. Jordan does his directorial debut. It's a big first directorial movie, like, straight into Creed 3. Like, that's that's a big deal for him. So I'm interested to see how he plays off the dynamic between him and Jonathan Majors. Um, like you said, Jonathan Majors is a really good actor, so whatever whatever way the story goes, I at least know that his performance is gonna be great. I think I'm I think I'm higher on Michael B. Jordan than most people are. Like a lot of people will either downplay him or say he's okay. I think he's a good actor. I don't think he's like at the elite level, but mm -hmm. I think he's better than most. He's good but not great. Yeah, I think he's like pretty good. Like a little bit better than just good. I think he's pretty good. Like of course he has some cheesy roles like in um um Fantastic Four. Or even that show, Saving Dion, it's not like the best roles, but I've seen him do pretty good, like in Fruitvale Station or in um, Black Panther, the original. So I think that um, he's better than, even in Creed, like I think he was really good in Creed 1 and 2. So I think he's better than average, but I think Jonathan Majors is on a different level. So I'd like to see, like, does, you know, can Jonathan Majors, like, dynamic bring Michael B. Jordan up to the same level? Because you have movies where it's like, okay, and um, I would think that... um. Judas and the Black Messiah is an example where it's like, I think Lakeith Stanfield is a really good actor, but I don't think like, he was brought up to the level of, um, Daniel Kaluuya. Daniel Kaluuya. Yeah. So I want to see if this is going to be the same thing where it's like, okay, you're going to do well, but you're not going to be brought up to the same level or will this amazing actor bring you up to their level? And the story seems interesting. Like, you know, it's a very convenient story, but it still seems really good. And I do want to see how they play on the, the dynamic of those two. But uh, yeah, that's my yeah. number one film. I also think it's funny that Jonathan Majors is playing older than Michael B. Jordan because I think he's younger than him in real life. 
but Jar Jar Binks like, just got that old soul look, so yeah, he it does. Um, okay, so what's the next film on your list? I know this was on both of our lists, but you can. What am I, number five or number four? Number five. My number five film would be Yuri on Ice. What did I put on? I put. All right, I put. Um, the Motoko Shinkai film at number three. Mm-hmm. Yuri on Ice would be my number four. I don't know if you ever heard of the anime Yuri on Ice. It's a show about ice skating. It has some like the best animation you'll ever see. It's about these um competitive male ice skaters. One of them is older. He's been ice skating for a long time. And um, is this he... live action or anime film? It's an anime film. Okay. He's been. You should check out the show. It's a really really good show. It's about an older ice skater who was like on like his last hurrah essentially. And trying to be great. And this younger ice skater who is essentially like a prodigy. But he's so stubborn that he has a hard time taking it to the next level. And I don't want to spoil it. I want to rewatch the show. I might do that tonight. He, it's, it's, it's a dynamic that I really do enjoy. So I want to see like with the film budget, how great will the animation be? Because with just the, um, with just the TV show budget, the animation, the heartfelt story, all of it was just like superb. And it just like it's not a movie that like I think will I think it will resonate with a lot of people. I think it's a very heartfelt anime story. So I wanna see what they're gonna do with the, the movie. Cause it's another thing that I haven't like like when I looked at movies I didn't watch all the trailers. Like I was more so just like reading the synopsis and being like, Oh, this one sounds really interesting. But as soon as I saw it, I'm like, Oh, you're very nice is getting a movie. That's gonna. That's automatically on my list because I love the anime so much, and it's the kind of perfect, the kind of perfect anime to get a movie because you could just do a competition type movie, and that's what will work perfectly. Yeah, yeah. Maybe I'll check out the show before the movie comes out, just so I can like. Yeah, I'll send you a trailer for the show because it's it's really really good. Like I think so it's. A I've definitely great heard show. of it before. Is it on um a streaming service? Uh, I don't remember where I watched it. Okay, I'll, t- I'll, I'll look it up. Yeah. Yeah. All right, I'm going to go through um, a couple of mine that I don't think are on your list just so we can kind of, I'm not like doing three or four films when you're already done or whatever. So uh, the first one I'll go through is The Color Purple, which is like a musical of The Mm -hmm. Color Purple. Um, Never read The Color Purple, (laughs) never seen the Steven Spielberg Color Purple, but I am interested in seeing, again, a movie with like a majority black cast written um, by a, a black screenwriter in based off of a very famous book that you know like a lot of us know even if we never read it we know of the book we even know the movie with like oprah and Whoopi goldberg and everything um i'm interested to see how it's adapted into like a musical i know it was big on broadway for a while the musical so i'm interested to see how it will be um adapted into a film so that's like the next one on my list and it has some big names in it so it has like uh another halle bailey movie um, mm-hmm. You have, like, Taraji P. Henson. You have the woman from Orange is the New uh, Black, Danielle Brooks. So you have, like, a lot of, um, you know, people that are famous in the black community and everything in it. Mm-hmm. And I'm sure it'll be um, a really well-made film. Um, so that's one I'm looking forward to. The next one I'm looking forward to, and I'm sure you'll probably want to see this if it's not on your well, list. Quick um, on the um, Color Purple. That was actually one of the movies I didn't want to see at all. Really? Because I kind of want to tone down on the black trauma movies. And there was another movie that um was on the... What was the name of the film? I can't remember the name of it. But it was like... The synopsis said... um A woman... A woman's life from a rough background to a... To a... To her adulthood. And I'm like, ah, I just can't do it right now. What movie is like, that? I, I forget the name of the movie. Like, when I remember the name, I'll say it on the next podcast. But I can't remember the name of the film. I don't know about this whole... Okay. No. Yes. Yes. Okay. I am torn on this black trauma discussion. I am torn in that I do feel like some movies are just straight up trauma and don't need to be made, right? Versus these are real... Not real. I mean, obviously, like, The Color Purple isn't, like, a... It's a fictional story still, but it can be like these stories are told with nuance. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. So I feel like there's a difference between like something like them, the TV show that came out a couple years ago, which apparently was just like black torture porn all the way through 
versus something that we probably said this on the show before, but versus something like the Underground Railroad versus something, you know, that like get out something that kind of takes a look at hardships that obviously happen to black people, but it Mm -hmm. doesn't relish in the pain of the stuff that's going on. If that makes sense. I get what you're saying. I don't, I don't think like, I'm not against the movies being made. It's more so just like for me, you don't want to just need a break from not even just my trauma, just like trauma films in general. Like I kind of, kind of been in the space where it's like, I want to see like people smile in movies. But I'm, yeah, like, no, I, I'm I, all about the, the the movies being made. I think it's it's healthy to have um films that show different different people in different states of their lives, and you know it's okay to show those movies. But just for me, it's like okay, I needed to wind down kind of on those on yeah, those okay. films because I do I I I would say that I absorb a lot of content that shows more so the tough side of things than just the bright side of things. Mm-hmm. So for me, it's like okay, I needed to tone down on some of those movies, and I like I'm one of those people who don't even think there's like you know how people be like oh there's too many slave movies being made. I'm not like one of those people who's like oh you need we need less slave movies. Like I'm okay with the amount that are coming out. Like it's real life history and stories. It's gonna show it in the movies, but it's like I think that you need to balance the amount of content that you have that's kind of heartbreaking versus the content that you absorb that's kind of I guess more uplifting. But I think I, a lot of people. Yeah. I think a lot of people just kind of, you know, go to the movies to see more of the, like, blockbusters and stuff like that versus me who's, like, you know, on YouTube all day watching, like, political videos and then on top of that watching more tough movies and then playing video games that are, like, about mental illness. So it's, like, kind of toned down on some of the... A lot of tough stuff, yeah. A lot of tough stuff, yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, I mean, no, I totally get that. My point was just more so to the discussion that happens every time. Yeah. We get one of these movies where people are just like, don't make it anymore. And I'm like, I don't know if that's the solution. I can say maybe make it with, more again, more nuance than um, some people tend to. Or also, we need to have a balance as well. So it shouldn't only be slave movies coming out. It should be movies, you know, about just young Black people. Yeah, I don't know, living in New York or young black people go into the future or whatever. It should be like a variety of things like we get for other groups. We should get that for ourselves as well. But I don't think the solution is to just like say, all of this is trauma, don't make it anymore. Don't you make know it what anymore, I mean? yeah, yeah. No, I don't think that you need to cut down to like trauma movies shouldn't exist more so just like for people, they need to just, you know, absorb a different types of content to have a level of balance and I think my balance is kind of off when it comes to absorbing content so yeah yeah that's why I don't I can't like listen to you know political podcasts all the time I can't like always absorbing the content because it can get it can get too much it's like content overload and then it can put you in a bad mindset set as well yeah um but let's end this therapy session and I'll go to my next movie which is called I think it was you next Oh, I'm gonna going go to, just because I feel like we, um, yeah. yeah. Um, my next movie is Bo is Afraid, which is an Ari Aster movie. Don't really know what it's about. Uh, you should look up the poster. It's like Joaquin Phoenix at like four different stages of life, whereas four different people. It's like an aged down version of him, him mm-hmm. as he currently is, like an him as he currently is, but a little bit different, and then like an older man version. So it's a horror comedy, and I think that Ari Aster, based off of Hereditary and Midsommar has shown that he's like good with horror movies so I'm interested to see what he does with the horror comedy and then apparently this has been a passion project of his for a while so I feel like passion projects can sometimes go one of two ways and I'm hoping yeah. that this goes the way of that it's a really good film because um, it looks looks like it's interesting oh, I didn't know Ari Aster was coming out with a new movie but if I knew that it would have been at the top of my list so insert that at number something because i didn't know he's making a new movie this year yeah and then you was afraid okay okay so i feel like now we can go back to you i just wanted to get a couple out of the way because i feel like we probably have maybe one or two more overlap um films and i didn't want to go right into the overlap all right my, my list is all messed up at this point um at number three no number four um i just want to add a documentary which is called the deepest breath which is about um 
free diving, which is people who go diving without gear. And I always enjoy a good documentary. I enjoy documentaries on communities that don't really get a lot of you know eyes on it. And I think that free diving has always been interesting. As someone who suffers borderline from last of the lassophobia, which is the fear of the ocean, I think it should be interesting to see just what that 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 sports community does. And I'm looking forward to watching that one. Yeah, that sounds like an interesting one. Um, that makes me think of Free Solo, which I haven't seen. But to me, the psyche of people who do things. Insane things. That you know are dangerous. You know, like climbing's already dangerous. Diving's probably already dangerous. But then to do it with no gear or anything like that, it's just kind of like, I can't envision putting myself into that position. So to watch a movie about people who do that and understand maybe a little bit more about them, I always think those are like interesting things to watch, especially documentaries as opposed to like, again, a fictional retelling of their stories. I agree with that. Um, for me, the next film on my list is How Do You Live by Hayao Miyazaki. Um, this is exciting because he hasn't directed a film in a long time. Um, I think Studio Ghibli, the last film they did, I actually didn't watch just because I didn't like the animation style of like the CG mixed with like yeah, the Ghibli hand-drawn animation style. And I heard it wasn't great anyways. But this one, I think having, yeah... Miyazaki come back to direct a film knowing it's based off of a book I feel like it'll probably be a really good film um I love Studio Ghibli movies they're kind of one of those a lot of them are ones you can just throw on on like Mm -hmm. you know a day you're sitting at home and you want to watch something that has a message but also doesn't feel too heavy I feel like those are like the perfect films for that so knowing he's coming back with another film um, is definitely something that's like on my list of things to see this year. All right. Yeah, I didn't know that he was making a movie. I thought he was out the game, so that's going to be up on my list once that starts to come up. Um, Yeah, Miyazaki hasn't made a film in forever. What was the last one? Ponyo, maybe? I think so. It was was years ago. Yeah, might have been Ponyo, so I'm really looking forward to seeing what he brings to the table at this point in his life because he's definitely one of the, like, the best directors of all time. Um, mm-hmm. Next on my personal list is Spider-Man, which would be my number two, I think. Yeah, I think we're at number two because I did the Motoko Shinkai film at number three. So next on my list would be Spider-Man. I'm, it wasn't my number one because I was a little bit worried to see where they take the story because I think the romantic aspect between miles and one wasn't my favorite thing but i'm just like after seeing the trailer and seeing how many different styles and different worlds are going into even if the story is a complete mess just them taking spider-man back into the um, multiverse and the different ways they could take that seems really really interesting and i'm interested to see the new spider-mans and the different kind of dynamics they have between it looks like everyone's after miles i don't know what that's about but i'm just really looking forward to seeing that one yeah, that's on my list as well. Again, I haven't ordered my list, but if it was to be ordered, that would probably be like um, close to the top, probably like a number two for me as well. Yeah. I am interested to see. Um, I feel like Into the Spider Verse was such a, I guess, one unique movie going experience. Like seeing it for the first time. Again, it was another one where it's kind of like the. Um, everything everywhere all at once where you kind of go in not with low expectations but just no expectations you're kind of like you know it's a spider-man movie the animation looks interesting we'll see what it is and then you're kind of like changed by the movie going experience which i love i feel like i love a movie going experience where it's like this is like a movie going experience i won't forget because the movie was so great that i am looking forward to um, watching it, but I'm all, yeah, it was like one of those movie going experiences. Like I rewatched it on the plane coming back from Spain last month mm-hmm. and I was still like, this is such a good movie. You know, like it's just one of those that's kind of become timeless. So I'm hoping that with the sequel, it 
lives up to those expectations, but I feel like it has very high expectations now, although it did when the first one came out, if that makes sense. Yeah, no, it's definitely um a movie that has to live up to really high expectations. It's like how do you how do you top one of the greatest animated films of all time? And yeah, that's I kind of where it's at where it's like, okay, it's gonna be tough for them to do that, but I'm interested to see what they attempt to do because it's pretty much the same exact team as the first one. Mm-hmm. It's not like they're we're getting a new team and new director to try to like recapture the magic of the first. So I will be interested to see what they do in order to try to recapture the magic of the first movie after you know seeing how amazing the first one actually was. So yeah, and it's kind and of like so you're hoping it wasn't like a lightning in the bottle. Yeah, exactly. Kind of moment where it's like you can do that again. It's like hopefully you can do it again and then also exceed expectations. Or and if it's not like as good, hopefully it's at least still very good and i feel like there's you know knock on wood no way it won't be at least very good you know exactly even if it's not like amazing um all right my last movie do you have another one on your list or are you done? Oh, that was my last one okay so then my last one is dune 2 um this was kind of like i <laughs> wish i could find a little bit more of the indie movies um but i couldn't so that's how we ended up with Dune 2. But I am genuinely, like, looking forward to seeing it. I feel like they're expanding the cast a bit with, like, Florence Pugh and Austin Butler. And, you know, they're great actors. I did enjoy the first one. So I'm hoping that going into the second one, it'll kind of be, like, Lord of the Rings-esque or Star Wars-esque where you're just starting to expand the lore even more than what you got in the first movie. And I'm, I like the fact that they broke up the first movie into, like, part one and part two just because... I think it would have been too much in one movie if we only had one movie. So I like that we're getting a second movie that will expand out like this world because to be truthful, I'd never plan on reading those books. Um, So I'm excited to see what we get with the second movie. I've never seen the first Dune. I still need to watch it. I'll definitely watch it before the new one comes out. It's another one of those movies that's like four hours long that I just got to find the time and energy to watch. But I'm I'm going to watch it because I'm interested in the world of Dune, and it's not like it should be up my alley. Yeah, I think you'll enjoy it. It is a bit long, but it didn't feel the same way some of the long movies last year felt. But I definitely think it's something you can like watch on HBO Max and then maybe like pause it halfway through yeah. for like an intermission kind, kind of, of like a TV show almost. Yeah, or I mean, even like how in the '60s or whatever they used to put intermissions. Oh, yeah, yeah. In the very long movies, like they used to know that you know, give someone a break if you're gonna make your movie that long. Um, but yeah, I have a couple honorable mentions because these were like not making my list, but they look fun. Um, so one of them is Cocaine Bear because it looks yeah, insane. Yeah. yeah, I'm like, I'm not putting this in my top 10 list, but I do, I will be in the movie theater to see it, just like I was in the theater to see Megan when it came out, which was fun. Um, and Scream whatever six i'm interested to see scream in new york because i feel like it's gonna be ridiculous because new york city is a huge city but somehow he's gonna be stalking them in all the right places or whatever so those are like my two honorable mentions for now um and the last one is the martin scorsese film but who knows if that's actually coming out so the killers of the flower moon yeah that that we'll see about that one yeah, but I don't you have any honorable mentions. mentions. Um, I'm trying to think about, um, I'm looking forward to Hellbound season two, and another show that I'm looking forward to is um, what's the name of it? Um, Lookism season two. I've been watching like a lot of, like I said, anime. Mm-hmm. Um, I don't think we'll get a season two for um, what's the name of the show again? I had you watch it recently. What ranking of kings? Yeah, I don't know if we'll get a season two for Ranking of Kings this year, because I know the manga goes further than the anime, but I hope we get a season two for that sooner than later, because that's like one of my favorite shows ever now. I guess if we're talking about TV shows, I'm looking forward to, or animes, I'm looking forward to uh, season two of Jujutsu Kaisen. Yeah, I've been watching season one. I need to finish season one. And Demon Slayer season three. Yeah. Yeah, you should watch Jujutsu Kaisen on um, HBO Max. Yeah, I don't. I, I I started it. I just didn't finish it. I got up to the part where they like had a bear with a sword or something like that, and that's where I kind of stopped. Oh, panda. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, that's when you get like a little bit of the filler, but it. I think it is a good show. Um. 
but yeah, I think this should be a good year for movies. Uh, me and Jabari will try to be back monthly with an episode for you all. If there's a heavy movie month, we might try and come back with two episodes that month. But for now, we're setting a schedule for monthly episodes. Um, so thank you for listening to this episode. And yeah, make sure to follow me and Jabari on Letterboxd where we'll try to log all of the movies that we're watching this year. And do you have anything else, Jabari? Um, I'm looking forward to this movie year. I'm definitely trying to, you know, stick with a specific a specific vision of what I want to see. Like, I want to see even, like, some student films this year. Like, I'm trying to see things that probably won't get many eyes on it. So I'm going to see how that goes. Um, New York has so many different ways to watch movies that I want to explore more of those and try to catch the things that people don't normally catch. So Yeah, I've been trying to make it over to the Metrograph for a while. Yeah. Um, because I know that's like another smaller theater. IFC, obviously. We have a ton of them, though, in New York. Like, there's so many movies that come here that we get a chance to see. That I, That's another thing I want to do, like you said, where it's just like not just go to the um, big movie theaters, but go to the smaller ones that are showing kind of some of the movies that we might not get at the big movie theaters as well. And that way we can kind of find some of those smaller indie movies that didn't make our list just because we didn't know of them yet. Exactly. So I'm really looking forward to to trying to watch those kind of films. So it should be a great year, I think. I think it's going to be a great year for films. And that doesn't even include the fact that I still got to watch all the Oscar films when they come out because the Oscars start so late this year. So, Yeah. Well, once maybe once those get nominated, we can do... We can cut this part out. Maybe once those get nominated, we can do an episode on... The Oscar movies. What we think, the Oscar movies, yeah. But anyways, um, all right. Thank you for listening to that this week's episode of That Brooklyn Film Show, and we will be back next month. Bye. All right, bye.